This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to Reds Everywhere. This is the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host, Mo Stewart. I am still very much in the afterglow of Liverpool's win in the League Cup final. I don't know whether you're watching this two days later, three days later, even months later. If you look deep inside, that residual joy of getting through that game is still deep within you. Now, obviously, I'm known for being quite enthusiastic, quite overexcitable, but this time I have a really good reason. And James and Ben Bokshak here are alongside me, and I'm pretty sure that you guys feel the same. James, I can see that vintage Liverpool top sneaking under your hoodie there. Clearly, you're still feeling like I am. Absolutely, yeah. Um, last week, I had the Matip shirt come out on the uh, on the morning bulletin. I thought I'd be able to do that one again. Var robbed us of that. But um, yeah, went, went with the vintage one instead. Um, yeah, still, still buzzing with the result, of course. And like you say... Hopefully, in months' time, people are looking back on it and maybe thinking it was it was the catalyst for some more successes, and I'm sure some more great podcasts from us. But um, oh yes, but yeah, no, but, amazing result. <laughs> there, there was very much a high temptation to go with another is the quadruple on podcast. Now, we have been down that road before, and I thought there was something else, or should I say, someone else who deserved a bit of a shine after that game. Now, Jurgen Klopp called Quivin Kelleher. Need to learn to pronounce his name right. Quivian Kelleher, the best number two goalkeeper in the world, Ben. Now, that is a bold claim with the likes of Kaylon Navas and maybe even the likes of Bern Leno knocking around. But Jurgen Klopp has said it, so we're going to run with it. We're going to dissect it to find out exactly if it's true and if so, why he's so good. But first of all, now he didn't win the Alan Hardacre trophy for man of the match in the League Cup. That went to Virgil van Dijk. But for me, he was the hero, and I feel like it was very fitting that he was the one to clinch it with his penalty, if not necessarily with his saves. Yeah, I mean, he was... Without him, you'd question whether Liverpool would have even got to the penalty stage. He made so many key saves throughout the game, and yeah, maybe maybe had he saved that last one and Kepa, instead of Kepa deciding to, you know, give the match ball to the Liverpool fans behind the, <laughs> behind the goal. Maybe if he'd saved it, maybe he had a case. Maybe then he would have been given the award. But who knows? I'm, I'm sure he won't really care too much about it. You know, he's got his first silver there. As Klopp said, he'll he'll go down in history now as, as a goalkeeper who's won a trophy mm-hmm. at Liverpool when there's not that many at the club. No, there is that champion's wall in the training ground that features all of the goalkeepers and he will be added to it, very sure. So, in order to properly dissect this idea of him being the best number two in the world, we're going to break down some of the different sides of his game, as you would do with any goalkeeper. And we're also going to try and look to the future and see where he might actually end up. Will we get the fruits of this benefit at Liverpool or will it be somewhere else? So... James, let's start with every goalkeeper's bread and butter, the shot stopping. Now, as Ben made mention to, Kelleher made some really important saves at both ends of the game. I think the seventh minute was the first one from Pulisic and obviously the one right at the very end of 90 minutes from Lukaku. Now, obviously, it's his first big final, as we've mentioned. There's going to be an element of nerves. One thing a goalkeeper always needs is those good instincts about shot stopping. It looks like they came into play here, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, some big saves, which I'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, like you say, there are some other goalkeepers out there who would maybe 
dispute the claim of best number two in the world. And maybe when it comes to shot stopping, you'd say, okay, fair enough. There, there are bound to be others who are better. You mentioned the PSG situation. Um, but we'll get to we'll get to Kelleher's other strengths soon. And I think a, a sort of notable thing that Klopp said was he's the best number two in the world for how we play. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll dissect that in more detail. But shot stopping, as you say, it's the kind of bread and butter. So even, even if Kelleher isn't the best number two in the world when it comes to shot stopping, he shows he's not too bad. So it's it's not just that he's a stylistic fit with all of the other Liverpool stuff. He is just genuinely very good at the basics, as we saw. Like you say, you would have expected some nerves, but he bailed Liverpool out in the early exchanges. Liverpool started yeah. with some nerves of their own, potentially because of the whole Thiago situation. It was quite hard to seize any sort of control at first. Um, and yeah, he was, he was called upon. Pulisic, what, six yards out, maybe? Um, you'd, you'd have backed him to score. It was... Obviously not the best effort in the world, but it wasn't straight at Keller. He had to get down no. to his uh, to his left. Um, just it was just reflexes. Like as we say, this is it's it's the fundamentals of goalkeeping. He saw the ball. He moved quickly enough to stop it going in the net. Like it's it's, it's all you could it's all you could want in some ways. Um, yeah. Liverpool demand a lot more, but you need those basics, and he certainly has them. And in these kind of atmospheres, Ben, even those bases can become difficult. We've seen many goalkeepers make big blunders in, in big games. I think of Hugo Lloris in the, the World Cup final and some others for Liverpool that I'm not going to talk about. But when it comes to making such a big early save as that, it really allows everybody to kind of calm down a bit. And when Liverpool had that early storm from Chelsea to weather, that was a really key moment because if you're on the back foot from that point, the game looks very different. Absolutely. I think, you know, he. this was probably his toughest test in a Liverpool shirt since, I think, his Premier League debut when I think it was against the Wolves when he had to make a couple of big saves in that game when he started then in a Liverpool shirt. This is definitely the most I've seen him in action in terms of, you know, defending the goal Liverpool do tend to dominate possession and chances when he does play so um, I think it's a testament to his character that he stepped up and uh, made very vital saves and uh, yeah I think the first one was always going to make him feel that even that extra bit more confident after getting that over the line and making sure Pulisic didn't score I mean it was you could argue it was a terrible finish but the goalkeeper <laughs> still has to be there to save it and you know who knows other goalkeepers have would have have made blunders in that situation in the past or even from tamer shots than that perhaps and I think um in terms of shot stopping I think Keller's shot stopping is quite underrated in my opinion um I I, I just don't think we see a lot of it because of the, the fact that Liverpool dominate matches when he does play. But I remember watching him for Ireland against Hungary uh, when Ireland were just a bit under the cosh. Uh, that, was, that was before the Euros over the summer and uh, he was incredible in that game. Some of the saves he made uh, were unbelievable and it was very Alisson-esque in, in his movement and everything. So uh, he, he kept a clean sheet in that one and that's when I first noticed you know, outside of Liverpool that mm. this is a keeper who is a serious goalkeeper, you know, and, and he isn't just there on the basis of the fact that he is the academy goalkeeper and, you know, anyone is better than Adrian <laughs> as, as the second choice 
Um, that, that was the first time I saw that he, he actually had a lot of talent. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. No, for sure. And we should probably talk about Alisson because you mentioned him being Alisson S there. And the biggest area of that is the distribution. Obviously, James alluded to it earlier in terms of being the best number two for us. This is really the area we're talking about because being comfortable on the ball and being able to find a red shirt, both long and short distance, is so vital for a goalkeeper. The way we want to play is how we get around the team's press is how we draw reluctant teams out to find space behind them. And I looked at the numbers and yes, we have to be careful when we're talking about a much smaller sample size, but from a percentage wise, Kelleher has a higher pass completion rate than Allison does right now. Now, every single pass he's attempted of 30 yards or under, he's completed it every single one. Now that is nine. That's, 95 passes, I believe, if I remember right, from FP Ref. You can all check it out. And if I'm wrong, tell me in the comments, as I know you will. But the point being that in that time, there have been teams who've tried to rush him. He's obviously still a young goalkeeper finding his way, Ben. And at the same time, he's been able to always find someone. That exudes that calmness, but also the technique required to play that position well. No, I think it is that is like Klopp mentioned, that is his biggest asset is that he can play in the Liverpool way and he's very comfortable in the ball and that he's someone who's extremely confident in general and uh, he doesn't, you know, get phased by being in possession and being pressured. Um and I think that's a huge asset for him and uh even in the in the final, I don't think he's had he had to make too many passes, but he did have to rush out a couple of times. And you know, I think with previous goalkeepers like Mignolet and Reyna, when you see them coming out of their goals, you you start to wonder and you start to worry, you know. But with Kelleher, there was never I, I never had that feeling. I was never anxious about him coming out. I always knew when when he came off his line, when he came out of his box. Um, he'd do the right thing. And I think one of my favourite moments of him in the final was uh, when um, he kind of sort of dropped the ball and it looked like the ball had gone over the line for a corner, but he was very clever in his the way he sort of shifted his body to hide it from the linesman. And uh, he got away with that one, I think. But that, that that's the sign of a great goalkeeper, someone who, who can get away with even making mistakes and he can recover and... Uh, he was very clever in the way he did that. Wise before his years. I mean, what else can we say? This guy's got everything. Now, one thing he hasn't got yet, James, that Allison has is the big booming assists to Mo Salah. And talking of passing percentage, on the longer balls, Allison is still a little bit ahead of him. But the amount of time he spends alongside Allison in training every day, you think that that's only going to improve, don't you? Well, clearly he'd been learning from Alisson. He's got the striker's instinct. We saw it with the penalty. But um, yeah, no, definitely. It's it's the ideal setup, really. You've got Alisson to learn from every day in training. You've got Claudio Tafferel's on the staff now. That can't hurt. Um, John Axelberg, of course, much maligned over the years. But I think we just had some bad goalkeepers rather than any any kind of curse in the in the coaching department. Um so, yeah, it's it's a great situation for any young goalkeeper to be in. Obviously, there's the flip side of that, which is 
I mean, good luck getting in the team, except for the cup games, because you've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world ahead of you. But mm-hmm. in terms of his development, 23 is still no age at all for a goalkeeper. And yeah, it's as Ben pointed out, you can see aspects of Allison already in how he plays and that's going to stand him in, in great stead for the future, whether that's at Liverpool, as we hope, or elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. One thing he hasn't quite picked up from Allison yet is um, giving Liverpool fans heart attacks by drawing players a little bit too close to him, as we've seen. But Kelleher is equally as calm. It's almost like he appears to have got the balance between that spot on here, James. It's like he still exudes that kind of confidence necessary, but he knows where the line is. Maybe a little bit more than Alisson. Maybe it's that fear of you. Potentially, yeah. Um, this might just be my perception of it. I haven't got the stats or anything, but I feel like he sweeps a little bit more aggressively than Alisson, if anything. He does love a, a dash outside his box to sort of head it away. Um, but yeah, it's like again, like Ben was alluding to, it's, it's one of them where you never really feel like he's made an error. You think, oh yeah, he'll get to that. He's, he's judged that situation correctly. There was one where he came to claim it right on the edge of his box yesterday, came a really long way to get it. It was sort of the front left of his box and the commentator sounded a bit worried, but I was like, no, he's, he's, he's got that. Kelly has got that. And, and sure enough, he took it in very nicely and then that was the end of the attack, you know. Possession turned over, Liverpool had the ball again. And as we say, we, we trusted distribution to get us get us back on the front foot. So yeah, definitely an asset. Um yeah, maybe on the ball, Allison is perhaps a, a little more uh, as you put it, a uh, heart attack inducing. Um but again he has that same sort of aura of even when he's doing something objectively bizarre, it's like, oh I'm sure it'll work out. Um there's you know one or two instances where it hasn't but you know, that comes with the territory. Um, yeah, it's potentially, potentially it is a case of, of having the better balance. I mean, I remember when Alisson did make that that one glaring error, was it Leicester, I think? Uh, and Klopp, Klopp was basically saying, yeah, I, I have no idea why he did that. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> and we've yet to see Callagher have any of those moments. So perhaps, yeah, he's, he's got more of, the, more of that balance. Mm. I mean, we have to remember, he's still very, very, very early on in his career. And I think that was something that struck me a couple of times during this game, Ben. The fact that this was only his eighth game in the season. And if you think about some of the opposition and some of the stakes in the other games, they've been relatively low. So to ramp it up to the very first bit of silverware on offer for the season, in what could be such a historic season for Liverpool, as you've mentioned, at Wembley, and to put in such an assured performance as he did, I think that really speaks to the temperament of the man. And Obviously, he's had experience of uh, extra time. Well, not extra time, actually, because obviously the quarterfinal against Leicester went straight to penalties. But as the tension grew and during the shootout itself, you could sense that he was getting close to a couple, but not quite there. And for a young man, you could you, his head could easily drop. He could start to kind of uh, lose his confidence, but he never did. And when he needed that confidence to stroke home his penalty, it was right there for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with goalkeepers, you always worry. Uh, I think the last one, when it got to that sort of stage in the shootout was in the Europa League final. And mm. again, it was the goalkeeper who missed in the end, if I remember correctly. David De Gea, yes, it was. Yeah. Fortunately for us Liverpool fans, it was David De Gea who skied his, he skied his penalty over as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like but, it was a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, maybe it's just the Spanish goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so 
as is as I, as I was alluding to, it is extremely hard for a goalkeeper to switch from penalty saver to taking a penalty and and change, get into that mindset. Um, Kepa struggled, David De Gea struggled, and they're way more experienced goalkeepers than Callagher. So the fact that he was able to be so nonchalant and calm throughout the shootout and uh, dispatch his penalty with relative ease. I think it was a very confident penalty. Um, it just speaks volumes of his character, really. And uh, I think that was evident throughout the game. Uh, he, even I think when Chelsea scored an offside goal with Havertz, he was so close to saving that, that Havertz header. Yeah. It would have been an incredible save if he made it, but just just the way he never gave up and he was always there, a very calming and reliable presence at the back. Um, it was uh, it was great to see, and I think it's something that we Liverpool fans will hope will have for the you know for a very long time because we haven't been blessed with goalkeepers, and now we have two mm-hmm. very solid ones. It was good in this post match interview, actually. He just sort of casually said, Yeah, they had a few disallowed goals, just, you know. <laughs> but, you know, this sort of thing happened. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he could have seen everyone else's reaction to those offside goals, he maybe wouldn't have brushed it off so easily. But, I mean, it's that attitude which was probably what allowed Klopp to have no problems throwing him into a game like this, James. Now, you wrote a piece that's come out recently talking about the sentiment angle and the fact that obviously he played such a part in getting to this journey, as Klopp mentioned in his post-match uh, uh, press conference, it's good that we have room for sentiment in the game. But <clears throat> permit me to be a little bit more cynical for a change and maybe take some of your characteristics on. This is also a very clever move from the club because essentially they know the quality of Kelleher. They know the ambition in this guy. We've already mentioned it on previous shows. It's going to be tough to keep him as a number two forever when he's clearly got the talent to be a number one. But is this Klopp's way of proving that he can still fulfil his ambitions here at Liverpool? He was there. He was the hero. He walked out at Wembley. He was the one holding the cup where Jordan Henderson was pushing him in front of the photographers to get his moment. This is what you want. And you might well get... 38 games a season at Bournemouth or even in Newcastle, but you ain't going to get moments like that. Yeah, I mean, I think sentiment does come with an asterisk in the sense that, yeah, it is it is kind of calculated sentiment uh, in the sense that, yeah, if you don't show it, potentially you lose a world-class player who doesn't want to stick around getting literally no game time. Um, but, you know, equally, there is still the aspect of however good Callagher is, Alisson, we would say, is still the better goalkeeper. That's no disrespect. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So, Klopp was still faced with the dilemma, you know, this is a final, Liverpool want to win finals, surely I should be playing my best team. I mean, we didn't, for example, you could you could make similar arguments to what you were saying about Minamino, but he was nowhere to be seen. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was still a risk and it, it, sentiment did still play a part in that decision. I, I love the narrative of, of Tuchel going with the the ruthless call first to play Mendy and then to bring on his penalty specialist. You know, he's, he's looking at the numbers. The stats don't lie. The data doesn't lie. But then all he's done there is just pour so much pressure on Kepa. And, and yeah, that, that showed. Whereas Klopp, the consistent faith throughout, just gives it to Kelleher almost a month in advance of the game, saying this is your game, this is your final. So when the team news comes out, it's not really the story like it was with the Chelsea keepers. And yeah, it, 
set him up in the perfect headspace to put in the performance that he did put in. And like you say, hopefully that means he wants to to stick around at Liverpool a bit longer. On that it's point, on that sorry, point sorry. I don't understand why managers never learn from mistakes. When has subbing on a player, whether to take or save penalties, has ever worked? I think the only time I can remember is the World Cup shootout in 2014 when Tim Krull came on. But other than that, I think every, every single substitution that hey. managers have made since trying to copy Tim Krull has not worked at all. It would not be the first time that something happened once in a World Cup and then everyone tried to copy yeah. it a million times and it didn't work. I mean, that's basically the history of football. But I have to be fair, in doing some research for a piece I'm doing about the penalties, I did notice the Man United in that same Europa League final, they brought on four players within the last five minutes of extra time. And they all scored, including the first two. But obviously, they I still didn't win. Just, I guess we just remember the ones that... Net but this is the score. point. Is that's, that... that's the sad reality of football, unfortunately. You always remember the ones that... Yeah, and to be fair to Chelsea as well, I do have to say, I'm pretty sure they did it in the Super Cup and it worked. I think Kepa came on and they won on penalties. Um, so there is previous. I can see why they've done it. But equally at the same time, it's just the perfect contrast to the constant faith in Kelleher versus the chopping and changing. Yeah. And and when you factor in as well the way that Edouard Mendy had played throughout the game, making a, a string of superb saves of his own. Like, even if you thought he was maybe not as good a penalty saver as Kepa James, surely the confidence he built up over the game would be enough to take him through, particularly he's facing a lot of the players who he's denied in open play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's the whole AFCON thing. I mean, I know Salah never got to take his penalty against Mendy in the final, but if he's staring him down, fifth taker again, this time it reaches him in the order, that would be an even even more pressure heaped on Salah's oh, shoulders. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's anyone who can who can be equipped to deal with that pressure, I'm sure it's Salah. But, um, but you know, any any kind of marginal gain that that Chelsea could get, they would have taken. And, I mean, they were looking for that with the Kepa change. But, yeah, I mean, completely backfired, as as I think we all kind of, I wouldn't say knew would happen because everyone was very, very nervous once it went to penalties. But it, everyone everyone knew it was a possibility. And, yeah, it's... I think, I think... When, when they, you saw... I think when you saw Kepa coming on, I felt kind of relieved. I was like... Mendy is really good, like, and uh, I, I just watched him, like James mentioned, in, in the AFCON final, and um, I think Mendy saved a couple in that one as well, if I remember correctly. So I was extremely surprised to see him brought off, and I think Liverpool, the Liverpool players themselves would have felt a bit relieved, like, oh, thank God we don't have to put the ball past this guy anymore. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It was noticeable from the angle that they used to shoot the penalty shootouts that when Kepa was in the middle of the goal, he's not very big. And that's why he was moving around a lot. And a lot of the times he moved a lot earlier and made people's minds up for it. But we are not here to debate the relative merits of Chelsea's goalkeepers. We are here to talk about our young Irish wonder. So the final point on him now, Ben, the season to come. Obviously, there are still cup competitions that Liverpool are involved in. Unlikely we're going to see him in the league. Probably equally unlikely to see him in the Champions League unless there's some kind of injury or suspension involving Alisson. So that means that there's a maximum of four games left for the season should Liverpool get to the FA Cup final and semi-final. 
Now, will he be expecting to play if England get, if Liverpool get back to Wembley for semi-finals and for final? And do you see any reason for him not to play? I mean, based on that performance, there's no reason, is there, for him not to play? And if Liverpool advance in the Europa League and if they're still in... Con- sorry, Europa League. What am I saying? Champions League. <laughs> if Liverpool advance in the Champions League and, and the Premier League, then, um, you know, there's... Alisson is, is going to be needed for those games and you need to keep him mentally fresh. Uh, so there's no reason why not to use Kelleher if he does play, play in the FA Cup because I don't think he has featured in the FA Cup yet, has he? I think it's been Alisson. He has, no, I'm sure he, he has had a couple of games. I think uh, Cardiff was Alisson, but I believe yeah. the around the Shrewsbury game was Kelleher. Yeah, so... Yeah, so it's been one one in, one out for him. So it'll be interesting to see whether he does feature against Norwich. I think if he does, if he maintains his place and Liverpool do go through, I think then you'd expect Kelleher to play the rest of that tournament, given his performance in the final. But I think Klopp faces an intriguing choice against Norwich to see whether you know he keeps Kelleher in the starting eleven or gives Alisson a game because... That would have meant that Alisson hasn't played in over a week when Liverpool mm. play West Ham on Saturday. What do you think about that, James? Do you think it's the kind of thing that Klopp will take into consideration? I mean, the potential for rustiness. But then, obviously, if Keller has played a game like that, he'd like to think that these, he can maybe get another run. But then you've also got the angle of, well, this is the reality of being number two for Liverpool. You're not going to get everything you want. I mean, I'm just going to quickly touch on the fact that you two dropped into an alternative dimension there where Kelleher wants to play for England and England <laughs> in the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not going to let that pass without comment. Um, but, yeah, um, it's, it's a good point. I mean, Kelleher knows the realities of his situation. He'll be desperate to play, but that doesn't mean he's got an automatic spot. Um, I don't think that rustiness for Allison will come into the equation. It's still only just over a week. I, I don't think that's going to make him come back and suddenly lose the ability to keep the football out of the net. Um, it'll just be a case of, you know, I, I don't I don't imagine the final will have changed Klopp's mind. I think he'll probably have had a plan in place in terms of whether Kelleher is, is going to be a regular FA Cup goalkeeper as well as League Cup goalkeeper. But, I mean, it's not going to have harmed his chances. And, you know, it gives him some extra ammunition to knock on the door and say, look, I, I certainly didn't let you down here. Just give me a run in the in both the domestic cups and, and you know, I'll, I'll reward you with that. Um, I'd like to see it. You know, it's it's a nice, it's striking a nice balance between, you know, giving those young players a chance to develop and also taking the competition seriously. Um, of course, Liverpool want to win it, probably want to win it even more now because of the, the possibility of the quadruple, um, even if it's just a double. You know, no one's going to be turning their nose up at it. So, um, yeah, um, it's, it's it's such a tough decision for Klopp trying to keep everyone happy and serve everyone's development in the best way possible, whilst also trying to maintain this sort of reputation as just a winning machine. Um, I think whatever call he makes will be completely understandable. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I, I personally play him. I think so. I think if we're going to kind of lean on the sentimentality angle as well, I think this is going to be a celebration 
of the Anfield crowd of what Liverpool just done. Obviously, it was at Wembley. It wasn't at home. So, being getting that home reception, obviously, with FA Cup games as well, sometimes it's a slightly different crowd, more families in than we see maybe in the Premier League. So, this could be a very nice way to lift the atmosphere, I think, if we put him in goal. But obviously, as we've mentioned, it's not all about sentiment with this kid. He really, really can play. So, the $50 million question. Best number two in the world. Now, you can decide to answer this for anyone or for Liverpool. Ben, what are you saying? For Liverpool, yes. Uh, in terms of, I think, just because of his lack of experience, um, I'd still go with Kayla Navas as the best second-choice goalkeeper because of his experience playing World Cups and playing for Real Madrid and everything else and playing a, a, a whole bunch of Champions League games as well, having that in his pocket. But in terms of quality and potential, uh, I think Kelly can go far and he can prove himself to be the best overall second choice goalkeeper in the future. Fair enough. A reasoned argument. James? Yeah, I mean, for Liverpool and also for Ireland at the moment, I mean, it's kind of a battle between him and Gavin Bazunu, but um, you'd hope that that's not the situation for too long and that he at least becomes the number one there. But um, but yeah, certainly for Liverpool, as, as Ben mentioned and as we touched upon earlier, he has all of those attributes. He's a ball player, he sweeps, it's brought up in the system we play. So yeah, dropping in someone with a bigger reputation like Kaylon Navas would not necessarily be doing Liverpool any favours and it certainly wouldn't be doing the wage bill any favours either but um, um, yeah I mean I think we do have to show a little bit of respect to some of these kind of seasoned veterans of the game so I'll, I'll maybe stop short of saying he is the outright best number two in the world but he's not far off and that is saying something in itself. See your attention to detail is one of the reasons I love having you on this show James so I'm not gonna have a go at that take but I don't necessarily know what our viewing figures are like in Costa Rica but Kayla Navas is 35 years old, so I'm going to say it. Quibian Kelleher is the best number two goalkeeper in the world for Liverpool and anybody else. If you disagree, that's up to you. I hope you've enjoyed the show where I've tried to prove exactly why that's the case. James, Ben, thank you for joining me. We'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.